but to experience anger and then become angry, yes, of course, that's a momentary release, but that's not what we're after. What we're after is insight, which will re uh, release or diminish or finally eliminate all anger, because that's not going to help never to get angry again. You see the difference? No, it's not possible. You can't get angry and at the same time be a neutral observer. It's not possible. Either you're angry or you're observing. You can't do both. But I, I, I'm with you on this one, I think, because I find that, for me, sometimes it reaches a point of either suppression or expression. Mm -hmm. It's so strong, there isn't that third way of just observing. That just observing and putting, passing it on leads to suppression. And yeah, that, sure. That's, that's of course, there are moments when this does, when one has to let go because one is not capable of being the observer. But that doesn't mean that we're doing the same thing at that time. When we're not capable of being the observer, we have to let it out, certainly. That is, uh, well, what we have to admit then, that uh, that was, to that point, we had gone past the point of endurance. Okay, that's fine. But the... Uh, actual practice leads to something else. It leads to being the observer where we eventually don't have to react anymore. Well, that is, of course, the ideal, no? That's the ideal uh, top level. Now, we don't, we don't have that ideal within us right now. We just have to know what the practice can be. So the practice can be that we actually are able to watch. Now, in the meditation pr practice, that's much easier than doing it when you can't sleep at night. When you can't sleep at night, obviously you get angry because you want to sleep. No? That's fine. But uh, in the meditation practice, when there's nothing happening at all, we're just sitting here, nothing else is happening, at that time it's much easier not to get involved. But even that is not always possible. As you saw, you had to get involved with two things, right? And she also did. She got involved with her fear and you got involved with your fear. That's fine. Right? It's, uh, that's what's, what we have to see as our stepping stones. But it's not the end result. What I found really valuable about it for me this time was those two places, the emotions stayed with me. You know, even though I went on to other parts of the body, when we got done and you started talking, they came back. And mm. I was listening to you talk about them and all, having them right there in front of me, I was able to see more constructive ways of dealing with them, mm. whereas if I had just pushed them aside, they, mm. I wouldn't have seen that. So it was valuable, mm. I think, that they were there to have your... Uh, yeah, your those that you got involved yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. they were still there. Different ways of approaching them. Right. When they were sitting there and you were talking at the same time. Right. And then you could say, oh, yes, they are here. I can do something with them. Yeah, yeah that's right. I felt much more powerful than what was happening. I felt almost like you know, they had control. That's right. Well, this is the thing, you see. This is what um, uh, we were just talking about. When the emotion has happened and we are involved in it, they have the power. We haven't got the power. We don't have the power to be mindful, to be objective, to be neutral, to be uh, observing, to be analytical. It's just not possible. 
because the anger has the power. So we can't do both things at the same time. But when the anger has subsided, then we can use it. Then we have that power to use it again. So naturally we can't always win. I mean, that would mean we are arahants already. We, you know, if we always uh, have that possibility, then we, we wouldn't have to sit here, no? <laughs> We're trying to learn this. Is that clear to you about this difference? About watching, which is an observing, which is the ideal state of analyzing and becoming, getting to the point, but sometimes not being able to, and but getting into it, and afterwards knowing that this has what has happened. While it's happening, while you're angry, there's nothing else to be done except being angry. Afterwards. After. You're either angry or you're watching. The mind just isn't capable of doing these two things at the same time. But when the anger has subsided, then you can watch again what has happened and you can explain it to yourself. And it's in the meditation much easier than at any other time. As when somebody, you know, starts abusing you, then it's very difficult. Okay, what else happened? Yes. Well, it's also a, a, a lack of pinpointed concentration. Uh, now, when you're sitting over there right now, can you feel the blouse on your chest? Right. Yeah, well, there you are. You can feel all that. Uh, can you feel the, the uh, spectacles on your nose? Right, okay. Can you feel the lips when you close them? Right. Feel the tongue inside? Right, okay. Uh, eyelids on the eyes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, go through it. You'll see that you'll feel a lot. See, all the things that I have now mentioned are all touch contacts. So if there are no other uh, sensations, use all the touch contacts. Right? The touching where you sit, the buttocks sitting, uh, the hands on the, on the knees maybe. Um, all these types of clothing. Okay? Um, so you start from the top and go through the head you could feel, huh? No problem. No problem. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of thinking. <laughs> it's very common, you know. Uh, it's uh, especially in the West. It's uh, not so common in the East, but in the West it's very common. People feel up to here and all of a sudden it's finished. <laughs> Nothing. But then, then you start with a touch contact, okay? Just start all the things that touch. This touches, this touches, spectacles touch, clothing touches, this touches. Uh, you have a bracelet that touches. 
right? You can feel that. Okay, go all through all that, and then the second time go through, and you will feel already more. You'll be through the skin already. Okay, so start with that. Okay. Did you have the same thing? Didn't you say also about the head was going, but not the rest, or something? I felt uh, a lot of voids. Nobody home. Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. I didn't think about. Hmm. Quite frequently, but I very good practice. Hmm. Uh, just looking inside. I had nothing. Uh, just looking at the whole thing. And uh-huh. it was there was anything there. But the end, uh, what I what I got, I didn't need to stretch. I sitting for an hour and it felt like I've been sitting for forty for five minutes. I was just as loose when I got up this morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you must have felt something. So something <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if there is nothing going on, start with the touch contact, okay? Uh, front, back, everywhere. Head was all right, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We've got a lot of thinkers here. <laughs> so um, uh, then go to the touch contact, and the second time through, um, it will already be closer to the skin. It will be already skin con- skin feeling and all that, okay? Um, or maybe third time through. But it's important that you can get in there and really become aware of the sensations and feelings. Well, I mean, you must be feeling where you're sitting and the legs and all that. Was that not ev- I obvious? It, you know, like, uh, particularly around the ankles and knees and the, and the buttocks. But it was just, just the sensation that was there. I wasn't paying so much attention to it. I was looking for something else. Well, that was a, that's it. There. That's a mistake. Yeah. Yes. Uh, looking for some f- uh, particular or outstanding or far more interesting sensation. But the most common ones are sensations. Right? Don't look for anything which is uh, in any way uh, different from usual. It's just business as usual. So just just anything that's happening, that's fine. You know, this, this. All this I'm sure you can feel, but this is important, huh? this part here. And uh, back also is important. So you try and do that with a touch. Okay, anybody get nausea? Very good. Three. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Well, I'll explain to you why that's very good, okay? That's like taking a real whole bag full of rubbish and getting it outside into the garbage truck. And 99% of the time that only happens once. That's getting really the a whole lot of the residue of emotions out. It's a really strong reaction. Was it in the um, where was it in the this area? Yeah, I had it all to my chest and my Right. Okay. And uh, were you able to let go when you got further down? Um, not so much. It stayed for a while. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the um, if it were if it's if it if you weren't able to let go of it, it may recur a second time. But it's a really really important reaction to get rid of the uh, obstructions and all this uh, manifestation of emotions that are in there. It's a very very useful. So um, it's 
very rarely that it happens twice, but it may. Did you have it here too? Were you able to let go of it? Yeah, I think so. Yes, good. Okay. <laughs> you may, it, that will not reoccur. What about you? There was somebody else had the hand up. No, no, no. If you go somewhere else and you don't carry it with you in your awareness, you have let go. Everything that we don't carry around in our awareness, we have let go. That it may come up again is a second thing, but at that time we have let go. So if you didn't carry it with you in the awareness, then you have let go. No, that's good. That's great. Yes. Uh, no, it is uh, not the same thing. In the sweeping, what we do, what happens is that one gets in touch with something that has been is sort of settled in there, not something new, uh, probably something quite old. But what you were getting was something new. You were getting nauseated at that time. Um, the uh, were you feeling physically ill? Or? Yeah, no, I mean, were you physically, feeling physically ill so that you did become nauseated? Did you get it again now? No, no. Now you didn't get it in the, in the sweeping. Are you saying you felt neutral, you didn't get any sensations, or you... Anybody else, anything interesting happen? Yes. When um, we got down to the bottom of the first leg, I was having so much pain in my back, it kept coming up that I had to lay down to try to finish this. And when we got down to the toes of letting it go out the toes, I thought I was there and had let it all out. And as soon as we started on the second one, it was like this huge burst of energy or something like 
flew out my foot and lifted my whole body off the floor. I mean, out of... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, didn't. I was able to get back, you know, and, and finish the, mm. the other side. And did your pain disappear or what? From straightening out for a while. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't that you had the the pain feeling wasn't anything that had to do with that letting out the toes. Well, you started out with saying you had so much pain. I thought you were connecting to that. Maybe that's... I don't know. Maybe that was the pain that shot out my foot. I, I, I have no idea. You started out saying something about your pain, and then you were connecting well, to that. Well, really, I was, see, I was prone. Hmm. I wasn't sitting like this when this happened, and it was hmm. like it just shot right out my body. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it actually felt like it lifted. It know, only big, felt like that. Big movement happened, physical mm-hmm. And did you feel any relief or release after that? Uh-huh. Well, that's good. <laughs> so that uh, means that if you do this uh, method again, there may be some other uh, relief so that you don't have that uh, particular blockage there where you couldn't sit. Huh? Yes? I just realized, though, <coughs> during the time, how partial or how impartial I was towards certain body parts or how I was like looking for, you know, certain feelings that were, you know, mm. same as the ones that were not unpleasant, you know. Particularly my, in the soles of my feet, and as it, when, when energy goes out, that's sort of wonderful. When <laughs> 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 all of us say, listen, <laughs> so I'm realizing how it's like trailing in, you know, backwards in a way, Yes, well, this particular method doesn't uh, allow for that. But uh, we will probably do this again with a little different approach, and then it does allow for that, for going for the pleasant feelings. This one is strictly geared towards gaining some insight through the concentration. Yes. You have already noticed it. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it's there. Well, there's nothing to stay on. We don't stay on anything. We move from everything. So you have already noticed it. And having noticed it, then you let go of it and go back to where you were. If you can't exactly remember where you were, it doesn't matter. And just go to where you think you were. Right? I mean, don't let that disturb you when you're don't, not so sure where you were. But the moment you are aware of a sensation, that's exactly where you're at. Yes? I found that both sides of my body were very different. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. And it was amazing, and it stayed consistent, as if I was absolutely split. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, did you feel as if there was, a, uh, like, a barrier between the two halves? No. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
you didn't feel a wall or <coughs> or even a, any kind of division, any dividing line. No. Okay. Next time when you go through, see whether you f find a dividing line. Okay. If you find the dividing line of whatever kind it may be, um, get on top of it with your mind. It may start here. Yes, usually here. Higher. You didn't feel a division in your in your head, did you? No. It usually starts here. Okay, you go and get on top of it with your mind and press down on it and out and then go through it again and see if that has changed. Okay, just check out and see whether you find a dividing line. Or it may be anything. It may feel like a, a rope. It may feel like a wall. It may feel like anything. Maybe you don't find it, but see if you do, okay? It, it's definitely there. <laughs> Yes, it has to be, but uh, you may not find it. But try, try and put your attention on it and see. Okay, then get on top of it and push it down and out. Okay. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed with the areas of awareness were different sizes. Does one, when one first learns this technique, allow those areas to be? I mean, some areas of awareness were seemed like that large, and others were small. Yeah, that's Is okay. There some specific size that the attention should be? No. The, the, uh, the emphasis is on the awareness of sensation and feeling. That's fine. It's okay. Different size. Yes? I noticed that uh, the certain areas in the body that the sensation, the pain, the sensation, are very strong. And I'm more interested in spending time in my body and in the sight than in the brain. Equally, equally, all equally, all one and the same. Put your attention on it, realize it, and let go. The only way to get rid of it is by letting go, not by sticking with it. By being stuck on it, you're going to keep them. Letting go. There are other ways of let of uh, getting rid of them, but this is the this method at this point is putting your attention on it, letting go, go into the next spot. What's happening is, of course, that your mind is being drawn back to the areas where you have a pain because you're clinging to them. You have to learn to let go. And as you let go, they're no longer in your awareness and they are no bother at all. That's, that's the learning procedure at this moment, letting go. Okay? Of course, if they, if they come up so strongly that you can't get your mind off it, then you will have to, I will have, you can at some time explain some other methods of trying to get rid of them. But uh, that is not the idea at this point. The idea is to let go. And that means that you take your attention off and go somewhere else. And they are no longer within your awareness. And see if you can do it, okay? Well, first of all, you may not be sitting in the best possible way. 
you have a uh, you might need a bigger pillow that you're sitting on you have a very flat pillow that's usually in the beginning people don't need a bigger pillow a little higher i mean you know a little higher pillow and then what you can do is when you have those uh, unpleasant uh, places that hurt uh, you can give them a little bit of loving kindness those places instead of getting angry getting angry makes it twice as bad that hardens everything you know anger hardens things up love softens it so when you get a painful feeling in a certain spot um, try to direct some lovingness towards that spot and see whether it will dissolve and then as it maybe as it dissolves you're able to sit again but getting angry about it is nothing but an achievement syndrome what's there to get angry with so pain it comes it goes I think you should try a bigger pillow you're not sitting very well I think and no, I, I Mm. yes but you see in the beginning everybody has discomfort it's not a bad thing to have discomfort because it takes first of all discipline of the mind to get to get, get over that have to discipline oneself uh, somehow one's got to learn to sit it takes time for some people it takes little time only for some people it takes years so um being young it shouldn't take very long for you to get to get to a place where you can sit but one has to discipline one's mind first of all and uh, not get involved with the um, uh, anger and about it or fear or whatever it may be the negativities but to as i say give some loving kindness to those places give some loving kindness to yourself and gently move be gentle about it make it soft and gentle as you have to move if you have to move they have to move it's all right but gently and uh, lovingly you have to love love your love love the um, well love your own mind so that you don't uh, um, uh, get it too much uh, uh, out of uh, out of the meditative state so be loving to your mind and uh, by that you will also be loving to the body that is giving you discomfort and so you will gently move but first you can try and give the body parts a bit of loving kindness and see whether they will respond to that eventually they will have to i mean if you ever if you keep meditating as when eventually the body does listen I had a teacher once who said when he first started meditating he was a five pillow man. <laughs> <laughs> he was had one for sitting on. He had one for behind his back. He had one under each knee and one just in case. <laughs> so everybody's got to start somewhere but you know anger makes it only worse 
love yourself, love the pain, give it a loving kindness it may dissolve, and then be gentle and accepting of it. Accept what is. Things are the way they are. Huh? Yes. I don't know. I don't know everything that comes up for other people, but it is certainly some some uh, purification process. You feel that as it it's it's draining out, down, is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, when it has come down to here, do you feel as it has dissolved or it's still there? Uh, well, how far does it go? Uh, not to the shoulder, but up the ear. Right. Okay, and it starts under the ear? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. When you, wherever it goes to, there is, it doesn't happen to be an opening, but you can just make a mind movement out through the skin. Don't let it sit there. When that happens, and it comes down like that, wherever it stops, mind movement out through the skin. And it may feel that there may be feeling or a feeling of release. And actually, if there isn't, if there's a feeling of blockage, do it two or three times like that. Okay? And try that. Anything else? Yes. Why did you tell her to push down on the, the division rather than thinking of mm-hmm. Got to get rid of that one. <laughs> That's something to get rid of. To be split in half is not such a good thing. Now, that's something to get rid of. There's no, nothing to observe. That's a real blockage. You know, the, uh, the blockages, we get rid of these blockages that we can feel in there by constantly letting go and going out here, which is a deliberate movement. But uh, this one, you have to also do something so that it can go out wherever the nearest exit is. You can't get it out this way and that way. It's too far, far away. So that's that's something that really should go. Anything else? Yes. Is there any standard way of sitting? I know in traffic it's too hard to sit properly. Yeah. Well, listen. Why don't you take that pillow for a moment? That one that's lying there. Yes. Just take that for a moment. Okay. Now sit on that. And now. Don't cross over your feet. No, no. One in front of the other. Don't sit on top of the other foot. You see, that hurts. That's it. Now you're getting there. Okay. Now throw your pelvis forward. Pelvis forward. And get the knees down. More forward the pelvis so that you can get... That's it. All right. Okay. Well, that's what they are... You have to have your knees down, otherwise you'll never be able to sit. Yes. See, the knees have to have some support. If they're up in the air, it's so uncomfortable. And you mustn't have one foot on top of the other because that hurts the foot. So that's one way of sitting. Then you can also do, you can put your feet on the side of, of, of the pillow and sit like that. 
put the legs on the side of the pillow. Yes. Yes. Like that. Well, um, that depends. Uh, not like that. No, no, no. That, that, that's not it. No, there are two ways of sitting. And one is very... One is more useful for inside and one is more useful for calm. Uh, for inside, it's more useful to have that really straight. Have it really straight. And uh, because then the mind is disciplined. Now, the shoulders should always be relaxed. But this part here, it should be really straight up and down. But for calm, it's better like that. And that's a pushing forward of the pelvis again and having this part here where the, um, the bottom of the spine more rounded. But not this, not hunched. Not that what you showed. You were hunching over. But like that. But the, like that and yeah. Yeah. That's right. like that or you can have them like this whatever you like if it's hot it's better to do like that if it's not so hot it's better to have them do it. whichever you like doesn't make any difference whatever is more comfortable mm -hmm. well that it looks better no no the, the back the legs have nothing to do with it legs never get enlightened <laughs> it's it's the back if you if you if you do this it is a um, more relaxed position and calm is a relaxed state of mind, right? So they have to go together. But inside is a very fine, uh, one-pointed position of mind. So it has to be a very straight, one-pointed position of the body. But this is more relaxed. So is that comfortable? Yeah. Okay, well, that's it. This method, which we have just done, is also often called Vipassana. Let's just, for the sake of clearer understanding, forget about that word once and for all. And if I get around the United States a little more than just California, maybe I will make that clear anyway. We'll call it sweeping, okay? Vipassana, I just repeat that, means insight. And that is a result and not a method. I hope everybody gets lots of vipassana, lots, lots of insight. But the methods which we're using, they have certain names strictly for identification, just like we have names strictly for identification. Sweeping, we'll call it sweeping. It's as good a name as any other. It is, as a matter of fact, the second foundation of mindfulness. Mindfulness has four foundations, which means four bases, four subjects of which we can become mindful. First one is body. When we watch the breath, when we watch the walking, that's body first foundation of mindfulness, kaya nupasana in Pali, kaya's body. This one is second foundation of mindfulness, vedana nupasana, mindfulness of feeling. 
complicated word. We'll, use it, we'll call it sleeping. But that's what its purpose is. Now we'll just have a quick look at what the purpose and usefulness of this method is. So that when we actually do it, we know why and what for we're doing this. It is my personal opinion that if one doesn't know why one is doing something, one has very little benefit from it. And also one is liable to stop again very quickly. So I try to be extremely explicit and I hope you will ask questions if anything is not clear. All our emotions manifest physically. They can't do anything else. That's all they've got to do. There's nothing, nowhere else to manifest except in this body. If we're happy, which is an emotion, we are liable to laugh or smile, or at least make a friendly face, which is physical. If we're unhappy, which is emotional, we're liable to cry or frown and make a sour face, all physical reactions to an emotion. When we get tense, our shoulders tense up. When we get frightened, we might become paralyzed with fear, can't move. These are only examples. We have other emotions and we have other physical reactions. We don't even have to put them together. This is only to um, give it an, the reality of how our psyche and our bodies are interconnected. Now with all these emotions that we've had for these years that we've been around, we have of course manifested certain uh, physical reactions and particularly our negative emotions from which no one is immune until almost enlightenment, they have created certain blockages, certain heaviness, certain unpleasantness in the body. Some of it we can notice when sitting. It's uncomfortable to sit. It's uncomfortable to sit still. It's uncomfortable to sit in a position where the body needs to have a certain uh, posture. But even in the most comfortable chair, it's still uncomfortable to sit still. So there are all sorts of things that we feel that have manifested in the body as some sort of um, blockage or obstruction. Now, what the mind has put in there, only the mind can take out. We have a shower or a bath every day. 
to clean the body. But what do we clean? All we do is we clean our skin. And we know that we are consisting of a little more than just skin. And yet that's all we can reach with soap and water. But there's another cleaning process which we can accomplish with this particular method. We can call that an internal shower. And that cleaning process takes place because of letting go. Every time we let go of whatever has arisen, we're no longer hanging on to it. And it may not even arise again. It may or may not. If it is a very gross and uh, very strong sensation, it may not arise again. It may arise in a, a subtler form, not quite as strong anymore. Every time we do this, there's some cleaning process going on. And it is just as important to do this at least once a day as it is to wash oneself once a day. We're very concerned about the cleanliness of our skin and our clothes. And uh, there's no, nothing to say against that. But there's more to us than just skin and clothes. And we all hope to know that which is more than skin and clothes. But we pay very little attention to it. We just are hoping for the best. Well, with our skin and our clothes, we're not hoping for the best. We're doing something about it. Well, it's the same here. We can do something about it. We don't have to just hope. So this is a one of, that is the first aspect of this particular method, that it has a purification aspect, which also is um, due to the fact that we get concentrated. Now, concentration eliminates, at that time of concentration, all possibilities of negative thinking and negative reacting. So that in itself is already a purification process. But here, the purification process is strengthened because we actually go to the blockages that exist. Also, this method has an advantage for beginners, those that have not meditated for very long, because it's a little more interesting and therefore a little easier to stick to it. Although staying on the breath appears to be easier because it's so easy to get off into daydreaming and uh, just floating about in the mind without having any focus at all, that, of course, is a useless enterprise. This is... Um, method of concentrating where because of more more things going on the mind has a little more feedback so it isn't quite as thrown back on its own resources 
So for beginning meditators, this can be very helpful to gain some concentration. These are the first two aspects of this particular uh, method of meditation. However, there are many more <coughs> very important ones. One which has a real impact on our daily lives is the non-reaction. Now, there may be very unpleasant feelings arising, and they can be sensation or emotion, but there's nothing to react to. It's impossible to think at that time that somebody else, it's somebody else's fault because there's nobody saying a thing or doing anything. The only one that we could possibly blame if we're still looking for a scapegoat could be the teacher to have been doing such a thing and taking such a long time about it. Well, that happens too. But most people who have a bit of sense and intelligence immediately find that that doesn't help anything either. So because there's nobody to blame and nothing to see outside of oneself, there's no reaction to the unpleasant feeling because we have to go to the next spot in order to keep going. So without having this reaction, we learn immediately that we don't have to react to every unpleasant feeling. It's perfectly all right not to react. In fact, it's much easier and much better not to react. And all we have to do is take our attention off it and go to the next spot. Exactly the same thing in daily living. We don't have to react to our unpleasant feelings which are being triggered by something or other, by people, by situations, by experiences, by our own um, blaming and judgment, whatever they are triggered by, we don't have to react to them. We don't have to become unhappy. We don't have to get involved in them. We don't have to uh, try to um, get rid of them. All we have to do is take our attention somewhere else, go to the next and being able to take one's attention off the unpleasant feeling in the meditation makes it easy and possible to take one's attention off the unpleasant feeling in daily living. That's not suppression. It's recognition. No blame, change. To recognize what's going on, not to get involved in it, not to react to it, but just change one's focus of attention. One doesn't have to stick to that which brings unhappiness, weariness, depression, dislike, resentment, rejection, envy. We don't have to live like that. We can live entirely different. And if we're waiting for something outside to happen to make us live differently, we can wait forever. Nothing outside will happen, but everything inside can happen. Here we have the method of doing it. And this method can bring that result. And having been able to do it in meditation, we get self-confidence that we can do it 
outside of meditation. We can do it any time it's required of us. That self-confidence makes it so much easier than to keep on doing it. One of the important factors of the method is also that we cannot escape the realization of impermanence. The impermanence of our feelings. And since our whole life is lived according to our feelings, it is of the utmost importance to know their impermanence. And in this method, there's no escaping the fact. They are constantly different. Or we take off our mind of one place and there's a different one another place and that one's disappeared again. We come back to the same place, the same feeling will not return. The impermanence of each feeling comes out so clearly that it must make eventually some impact on our attitude and understanding of ourselves. Although we always think that we're living life according to the way we're thinking, it's an impossibility. We can't think life. We can only, only feel it. Whatever we're doing, we're feeling it. And then we're reacting to that feeling. So our attention to our feelings is of the primary importance. And the understanding that each feeling does not last, but removes itself by itself, is the essence of insight. Unless that becomes quite clear in one's mind, one's going to keep on reacting and reacting until one is dead. It's not necessary to do that. All we have to do is notice what's really going on. The changeability of our feelings makes it quite clear that we don't even own them. All those feelings that we get in this method were mostly unknown to us before we put our attention on it. And then they arise, and then they cease again. But is it really our own feeling? Are we involved in that, or does it just arise and cease? Who is the owner? These two aspects, of this method, if one does it, does this method more often, they become clearer and clearer. They show themselves as realities, not as intellectual understanding. Intellectual understanding doesn't make the slightest bit of difference in the way we live. The only difference it might make is we sound better but we don't live better. We've got to experience it. We've got to be it in order to have that change where life becomes smooth, harmonious, and peaceful. And it will not become that from outside influences. Who is going to give us that? Who's going to give us smooth, harmonious, and peaceful? Everybody would like to have it. Nobody is passing it around. It's got to come from our own insight.
So here we have an opportunity. Now, by no means is this the only opportunity to gain insight into the non-ownership of feeling and the constant changeability, but this is a very good opportunity. We have that opportunity on constantly, but here it is very, uh, very um, directed towards that. The direction of the method is towards that. We also have another aspect which we can use for insight, and that is a spontaneous arising of the understanding that there's hardness, there's temperature, warmth or cool, there's movement, air, wind, like breath, and there is water, like saliva, uh, sweat. All this can be noticed. Now this hardness that we feel, particularly in the touch, is called the earth element. The temperature which we feel of our own body is called the fire element. The movement which we feel is the air element or wind element. And the saliva, for instance, or in the ice, the wetness, the water element. These are the four primary elements. And if we notice them within ourselves during that meditation, and that usually happens more or less spontaneously, one can direct oneself towards that also, which wouldn't hurt anything, because the direction of the mind is that what the mind takes on. Knowing that about oneself, one has an understanding that everything around us consists of exactly the same elements, no difference. And this may be our first entry into the realization of being no different than the surroundings, being no different than anyone else, being made up of exactly the same ingredients, and therefore feeling less of an individual separation. Hardness is the earth element. That too has a temperature. The movement that, it, that the air element is, is apparent because everything decays and crumbles. It wouldn't do that if there wasn't any movement. There is more to that movement, but we can't see that. All the cells, all the energy particles are constantly moving but we are not aware of that. We don't have that kind of mindfulness. But we do know whatever is existing also has to fall apart and has to be renewed. Anything we've ever had probably has been renewed by now. The water element is the binding element. It is, um, that's why we consist of more than 80% water because it binds us together. When we have flour and put water into that, we get dough. It's the only way we're ever going to get bread. Otherwise, we'll have to eat flour. If we didn't have the water element, we'd have all our cells walking around separately. 
it looked mighty funny. Even in the air, there is the earth element. Otherwise, the birds couldn't fly. The airplane couldn't stay up. Even in the water element, there's the earth element. Otherwise, we couldn't swim. The boat couldn't go over it. Wherever there's an element, so each element also contains the other three elements. Wherever there is a manifestation, a physical manifestation, there are the four elements to be found. If we find them in ourselves, we have a direct entry into knowing what everything else consists of. This can be very clearly felt in this method. It can be felt at other times also, but this method, because of directing us towards feelings, sensations, has um, an easy entry into that. When we get an idea of the um, elements that we consist of and the feelings that are constantly changing and the that we have nothing to do with the fact that they are coming and going. We may get a bit of an insight into the illusion under which we labor that there's actually a me that owns all that stuff. It may be just an inkling. It may be a sort of a glimpse. But that's enough. We've got to get a glimpse somehow, somewhere. Again, intellectual understanding helps nothing. But a glimpse of that reality makes a lot of difference. So this um, method gives us the possibility for purification, for concentration, for non-reaction to feelings, for uh, realizing the impermanence of each feeling, for the non-ownership of feeling, and for the body being made up of the four great elements. That's what they're called, the four great elements, the four datus in Pali. Getting an insight into that helps us again to concentrate better. Because our lack of concentration is always because of the fact that there is the thinking process going on which is trying to give the me more of a solid base. It's also, of course, due to the fact that we haven't trained in the past to concentrate. But the difficulty lies that the me is always interjecting its own ideas. The more we can see that this is a delusion, the easier it is to meditate. Even just a glimpse makes it much, much easier. Another thing which we will see from this method is that no matter what we do with this body, and we can give it the best food, the best exercise, 
the best of whatever is available with money, it's never totally satisfying. There's always something that isn't quite right. This is specifically when we put our attention on all the different sensations, we realize that. Now that counteracts what the Buddha called the intoxication with the body. And he also sometimes called it the intoxication with youth. Because when one gets older, the intoxication with the body is lost automatically. But when one is young, one hasn't experienced that yet, and one thinks the body is really something great and could be made even greater. But when we sit in meditation and put our attention on the sensations, whether we are completely healthy and young or not, there is already an understanding and experience of the fact that the body has unpleasant sensations. And that helps one to realize not to be so attached to it, not to be so hanging on to it, to identify with it so much, and to be so concerned about it, so that when it actually does die, and it may die any time, that this is considered to be a tragedy. It's nothing but a law of nature. It's not a tragedy at all. All bodies die. Whatever has been born must die. There's no choice. And whether one wants to know about it or not makes no difference. It's all one and the same. It happens anyway. So if we lose a little bit of our <clears throat> attachment and clinging to this body, and become a little less concerned about its well-being, we may open up a little more energy to be more concerned about the well-being of our mind. And if we do that, then we have the right approach to meditation and spiritual life, because both can only be done with the attention to the mind. Less worry about the body also remove some of our fear aspects because we're constantly afraid that this body may have some injury or may die or that other bodies that we are very fond of may get an injury or may die and having less attachment to that makes life much, much easier. It isn't that important anymore doesn't mean that we don't feed the body, it doesn't mean that we don't wash it, it doesn't mean that we don't look after it to the best of our ability, but it's just one of those things that we do, it isn't particularly important. And if the body should deteriorate, even before its time, well, so it's deteriorating. Everything deteriorates. There's nothing we can keep. So there, this helps one to realize that the body is not such a satisfactory implement as we thought it was. It's a utilitarian manifestation which in this realm of living is necessary. But there are also other realms. 
When we meditate again after the rest period, I'd like you all to do this on your own. We took an hour to do this. It's not necessary to take that long. When I have to say the words and then do it myself, um, it takes much longer. So you can do it faster. Don't do it so fast that it becomes superficial, but don't do it so slow that it becomes tedious. You can be finished in half an hour. You can certainly be finished in three-quarter hour. So whatever it is, um, don't make it superficial, but don't make it tedious either. If there are certain areas where there isn't any uh, sensation, any feeling, just stay on it a moment longer and then keep going. If you should have taken longer than the three-quarter hour that we're sitting at that time, and you are not finished yet, then quickly go out either through the hands or the feet, wherever you're nearest, to give it a finish. The reason we go out through the fingers or the toes is that when we come to the end, there's no other spot anymore to let go. So that's just the next spot to let go. When you're not finished, then you sort of stop it here somewhere, then quickly go out and down, down and out. You don't have to remember whether right first or left first or this first or that first. It doesn't matter. You start at the top, just like in a shower, when you take a shower for the body and go down to the bottom. And wherever you go first and second, it makes no difference. If you miss a spot, don't worry about it. You catch it next time. It doesn't matter. Perfection is impossible. Only the Arahant is perfect. We try the best we can with whatever we're doing. Trying one's best means one makes effort. Trying to be perfect means one is going to be disappointed and discontented. So that's all that's necessary to, be, to, make, to try one's best. If this particular method gives you more concentration than the breath, stay with it. If you find it difficult, by all means, stay with it. If you take half an hour to go through, you can do one of two things. You can then use the breath as your meditation subject, or you can do it a second time, whatever. If you feel that your concentration on the breath is satisfactory, then use the breath as your meditation subject, but do this at least once or twice during the meditation sessions in, this, in each day. We can gain calm and insight through any method if we use it right. We can gain nothing through any method if we use it wrongly. Methods are methods by any name and will never be anything else. The results are calm and insight, and that's what we're working for. <coughs> so this one has these certain advantages. 
Now, I would like to ask some questions before you ask questions. <laughs> Has anyone had no sensation, no feeling at all? Nothing. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah, I felt very frustrated. Why? Because frustration is a feeling. Over and over and over and But when you notice frustration, that is an emotion, that is a feeling. So put your attention on it, then take it off and go to the next spot. Wherever you were feeling the frustration, you were trying to be on a, on a, on a spot on the body. Your frustration arose because you weren't able to do what the direction was. Okay. Um, were you able to feel the top of the head, that first spot? That was the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> must, must be a thinker. <laughs> All the people who are uh, very strong in thinking always feel a lot in their heads, and then the rest of the body is very minor. So is that what's happening? Huh? Okay. Could you feel the rest of the head? And you couldn't feel anything? No more at all? Anything? Well, pain is all right. That's a feeling. That's fine. Um, but uh, what about this whole area here? Okay, but you don't want to pay attention to your breath at all when you do this. The fear might have been, as probably the fear was, of getting in touch with the emotions that are sitting in there. That's a very common thing. Nothing to worry about, all changes, all impermanent. Nothing remains the same. So uh, next time when you do it by yourself, without the direction, okay, um, you just have to direct yourself. When you get to this whole area here, try to do it in, in strips. You start at the left shoulder. Now that is, is for anyone, valid for anyone who didn't, have any feelings maybe in the chest area. This is an area which is very often not um, noticeable. Did anybody else have no feelings in the chest area? Yeah. That's where we are uh, 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 used to believing our emotions are settled, and they are. And uh, we don't really want to know about them because we're afraid they're not going to be very pleasant. And it's not only now. I mean, we've done that for a long time. 
it's a, it's a long-standing habit not to get into the emotions so much. And so we try to block that off, and then we can't get in here with the feeling. So take a strip. Start at the left shoulder. Take a strip about I don't know, two inches wide and go from the shoulder to the waist and up and down and up four times. Down, up, down, up. Okay? But not as quick as I'm doing it now. A little slower. And try to become aware of that area. And then go to the next strip over. Now, if nothing happens after having done this four times, never mind. Next strip over. And down and up and down and up four times. So in other words, using a smaller area to try to get in there. And uh, the emotions that arise are not going to be any nuisance because they arise and we go to the next spot and they're gone. And that's the beauty of it. But not getting in there is very often connected to them. That's why the fear, now fear, you see, that is an emotion. So when you notice the fear, the thing to do is not to become fearful. Okay? When you notice grief or anything like that, not to become grief-stricken. Not to, particularly, for instance, now you said fear and you said frustration. That's fine. You feel it. Let's say you felt the fear, but not to, to involve yourself with it, identify with it, but just stand as an observer there. Aha, fear. Okay, next spot. And then the whole thing dissolves. It all disappears. The reason it doesn't disappear is when we involve ourselves with it and identify with it. I have fear. But it's not like that. It just is fear. That's all. And so, next spot. Okay, did anybody have nothing, no feelings on the top of the head? Where did you get the first feeling? Um, my neck. Mm -hmm. Nothing on the face. And my, yeah, my cheeks. The cheeks. Yes, oh, that's common. It's a trapeze muscle. Everybody gets that when they're meditating. <laughs> um, uh, so where's the, the first one? Cheeks. Well, you certainly can feel your eyelids when they're closed, can't you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, can you feel the, the, the hair on your forehead? Well, can you feel it now? Okay. <laughs> um, all right, and start there where you got the first feeling, okay? Maybe the hair on the forehead. And go up to this top of the head spot and out. And do that four or five times from here up. But only where the first feeling is. If it's here, then start here. And slowly go up to the top of the head and out, okay? And do that four or five times and then start again here and keep going. Okay? All right. All right. Who, um, who didn't have any feelings in a large area? Anybody else got, okay, what, what happened? Who, who had an emotional feelings? Anybody got emotions? Yeah? Plenty of them. <laughs> and what did you do with them? Mm -hmm. And were uh, identified with them. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. And do you know where, what part of the body they came up? Yeah. Uh, both. Here was the left chest area. Uh-huh. And then here was in the right arm. In the right arm. You see, that's interesting because we cannot know, you know, where these things settle. And, uh, okay, so next time you go through, it may not be there anymore. It may be, it may be gone. Or it may be much slighter, not as strong. You just keep going. Next time you don't get involved in it, okay? <coughs> you just observe it. And actually, there should be a sort of, uh, excuse me, <coughs> satisfaction arising that this has come up because then we can deal with it. As long as it's hidden, we can't deal with it. Going down the right side of my back, <coughs> it's fine. But every time I got to the bottom part of my shoulder blade, my entire right side of my back would just jerk up. And I did it four times. Just kept, I hit the same spot, and the whole side of my body would just fly up. Mm. It's like the muscles would go nuts. Mm. You, there wasn't any emotion with it. Uh, it was physical pain. Physical pain. But there wasn't strong emotion. Right. Well, the physical pain, you will react, the, the, uh, the reaction is to the physical pain. If you do it several times, it will also disappear. And that will be a very good proof to see whether it disappears. And that is uh, because uh, that cleaning out process, well, something that strong, two or three times should be more than sufficient to go through it. So next time, go through it and see what happens. And uh, maybe... Maybe you can manage to go through twice, you know, and see whether it has changed. It should change dramatically, something like that. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> is there is there a pain spot there usually, or only in this when you had the when we did the meditation? Not so noticeable. Not so noticeable. Yeah, sure. Not that I was surprised when it reacted that strongly. Yeah, <laughs> very strange, isn't it? Okay, well, you'll see probably after two or three times that disappears completely, the cleaning out process. Okay, yes. What was that again? When you get involved in your experience, yeah, then? Just through the experience and let it go through. Yes. Um, get involved with the Mm-hmm. 